Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of April 29, 2018. We're going to begin with an article about Pinterest. Pinterest has been a very graphical, pictorial type of website and app for a very long time. And this article tells us about new accessibility features in its app. This was posted by Kelly Gask on ACB Leadership on April 27. The article is entitled, Pinterest Just Redesigned Its App for Blind People. The link is from fastcodedesign.com. Here's how the company confronted its own shortcomings on inclusive design and systematically redesigned its app for everyone. Last year, Long Ching, C-H-E-N-G, sat down with a group of engineers as they studied people using Pinterest. For Ching, lead designer at the company, this sort of user testing was commonplace, but that day, something was different. The testers weren't 30-something moms or whatever stereotypical demographic pops in your head when you picture one of Pinterest's 200 million users. They were people with a range of visual impairments, from macular degeneration to complete blindness, and Ching wanted to see how well they could use the app. To his dismay, many couldn't even get past the sign-up screen. People literally couldn't even create an account. While iOS and Android each have an accessibility feature called VoiceOver and TalkBack, respectively, which read aloud the buttons and options on the screen for visually impaired users to navigate, Pinterest had failed to properly label its own user interface for this feature to even work properly. Similarly, when people did eventually get into the app, recipes read aloud would be missing steps or ingredients. People found themselves trapped inside pins, unsure how to escape. Even for partially sighted people, Pinterest design with its minuscule type was a challenge to discern. Quote, it was definitely personal for me, and me specifically, because I've been a designer here for five years, and it's a product I really love to work on, and I want everyone to be able to use it, says Ching. For the group of engineers and designers sitting there, we felt like we weren't doing enough. We wanted to do more. End of quote. Blind people using Pinterest, the app for visual inspiration, may sound like an oxymoron. But in fact, Pinterest, like all mainstream apps, has a contingent of blind users, though the company admits to not tracking them. Many use Pinterest simply to bookmark stories on the web they'd like to read later. And those who don't use the service might like to, if they were better welcomed. Quote, we asked one user, would you use Pinterest? You can't see what's on the screen. Long recounts. She said, of course I would. Visually impaired or not, we all want tasty recipes, better haircuts, and fashion advice. And Pinterest is loaded with billions of pins full of this stuff. Over the past year, Pinterest has committed to practicing inclusive design 
and making its product more accessible to everyone. With a team of a dozen designers and engineers, Ching developed a multi-part approach to redesigning Pinterest as a product that could be more accessible to everyone, leading to a fully redesigned app and desktop experience that's been slowly rolling out over the months. The first and most obvious step was adding all of the proper code and labeling to make sure that features like VoiceOver could actually read every component on the screen. Along the same lines, the company added focus indicators, relatively standard outlines around buttons and menus that are active, that make Pinterest easier to use for people who can't use a mouse or trackpad. This was table stakes, of course. Other aspects of the redesign would have to be more core to the user experience. In particular, the company wanted to heighten the contrast of the UI across the entire app so that it was more legible. To do so, Ching's team developed a whole new color palette full of bright jewel tones that could frame text and help it pop. This multicolor spectrum couldn't be further from the robin's egg blues so beloved by startups. So often as designers, we have to buy into the idea that maybe an accessible design isn't as pretty or beautiful, says Ching. But he believes that with commitment, good designers can find a way to champion aesthetics and accessibility at the same time even when it comes to high-contrast user interfaces. Quote, For us to overhaul our color palette to accessible colors, there were definitely challenges, but in the end, we figured out the right way, and it was okay. End of quote. With respect to the colorblind, Pinterest has eliminated any instance where color was once used to convey action or meaning. In the new Pinterest, it's only there for increased legibility and visual flair. Meanwhile, the company introduced the option to increase the size of text across the app within the settings, focusing on size and boldness to denote information hierarchy rather than tweaking words in various shades of gray, which can be low contrast and difficult to see. Internally, Pinterest culminated its work by launching an inclusivity pop-up lab on its own employees to try to navigate the app with nothing but a keyboard or wear items like visual impairment goggles while trying to read the screen. Quote, we tried to help ourselves understand all the different disabilities people might have when they use Pinterest, says Ching. How do we start any product development with that in mind from phase zero? What Ching wants to instill is a mindset. Two years ago, Pinterest realized it needed to consider the international market when it came to design, and now its designers always think about decisions on a global scale. Likewise, he wants to see designers thinking inclusively from the get-go. The company has also built automated testing for accessibility into all of its app updates moving forward. Inclusive design is a process, not a destination. With that in mind, we're likely to see more and more companies go through a similar reckoning as Pinterest has in the last year. 
Maybe they won't get everything right on the first pass, but so long as they actively involve their edge users in the design process going forward, Pinterest will only become a more usable product for more people. If that's not enough to sell you on inclusive design, it's worth recognizing that one day we'll all be an edge case. And so, inclusive design practices are often an investment in our own lives as much as they are a way of helping others. Think of it as health insurance or a social security for user experience. Something I always think about with this work we do is we're designing for our future self, says Ching. Whatever we're doing will actually benefit all of us in the future, even if you don't have low vision now. May 15 is the opening of pre-registration for the upcoming ACB Conference and Convention this year in St. Louis, Missouri from June 29 through July 6. Pre-registration remains open until June 17. This week on Soundprints, we begin to give you a preview of the convention with two interviews. On page two, you'll find Sandra Sermons introducing you to the International Relations Committee activities for this year's convention. And on page three is Jim Wyrick of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, telling us about all of the upcoming activities that that organization is sponsoring during the convention. Sandra and Jim also will give you more information about the IRC and CCLVI, so be sure to catch them on pages two and three. And on page four is the Soundprints calendar. Page two. Sandra Sermons is the chair of the International Relations Committee for the American Council of the Blind. And each summer they plan some very interesting activities as part of the ACB National Conference and Convention. And that is true again this year in St. Louis. So welcome to Soundprints, Sandra. Thank you, Carla. As usual, I'm very, very honored that you allowed me to come on your show. Um, excellent source of propaganda, and we appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, tell us about your activities coming up this year. And um, just, uh, you know, registration is going to be starting soon, so get us ready for international relations activities. Absolutely. So um, what we try to always do is kind of put a, a different kind of a twist on any programming that we have. So Voices from Around the World um, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, and we're very happy um, that that has been the case. So primarily um, what that is is a, a kind of – informal way of welcoming our international guests. And the cool thing is that um, quite often we have surprises. So there are always going to be um, countries represented that we know of, but then without a doubt, there will also be folks who come in um, that we weren't aware of. Um, So like for example, last year, we knew that Dr. Aubrey Webson, the ambassador, was coming. But then what we didn't know was that we would hear from folks from India, Germany, 
Mexico, um, all, all over the globe. Um, and we also tried something new, which was to have a virtual presence. So last year we had a, a, a call where the CEO of the Talking Book Library in Tel Aviv, Israel, um, kind of made us aware. So fast forward now that we're in 2018, what we know right now is that the World Blind Union has a new executive director. Um, I believe that he is from um, Argentina, and he moved to Canada, and he's installed and everything like that. So we will be hearing from him, which I'm sure is going to be excellent because the World Blind Union is one of those organizations that we, or at least I for one, um, don't am not as familiar as I really should be. So having the you know executive director, the president, anyone um, that is part of the senior management of the World Blind Union is a wonderful opportunity to learn more about the organization and its intricacies. So we know that um, that's definitely confirmed, and we also know um, that we will have some folks from Germany, from um, Nigeria, and tentatively from Ethiopia. The tickets are 30 and $35, pre-reg and registration respectively. So we definitely hope that you will come, join us, help us welcome our um, international guests. And we are also always looking for new committee members. Unfortunately, one of our most beloved members, Lauren Casey, passed away this year. So um, I, I think anybody out there in sound print land um, who may have an interest in inter international relations, we definitely encourage you all to come join us and, and learn more about what, what it is that we do. Now, what day is the Voices from Around the World on? Monday, July 2nd, mm -hmm. 12.15 to 2.30. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, a luncheon. Yes, 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 luncheon. I'm not going to share the cuisine. It is a surprise. <laughs> You'll have to come and see what it's going to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and so do you know who the speaker will be? Is it going to be the WBU representative? Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 okay. yes. Good, good. We, we um, definitely are looking forward to hearing from him. Mm -hmm. uh, a number of years ago, actually, Voices from Around the World started out as a reception and grew into a lunch, and uh, so that's kind of exciting that um, it, it kind of moved moved up from just a, um, yeah. an activity yeah. later in the afternoon and everybody was kind of tired and rushing around to something else to, to become a lunch, and, and so yeah. it's kind of had a, um, a, you know, a growing spotlight among things at the convention. It really has. I can remember when we first started it, and we came up with this name. I think it was at the time our committee member, uh, Roger Peterson, was the one who came up with the name. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we had the first reception, and the next year um, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, what is the name going to be? And he's like, but wait, why not just keep Voices from Around the World? That is indicative of what we do. Right. So um, that. Basically, um, that's what we did, and every year 
it has expanded. Um, we have kind of set a precedent of having a very equality, a classy affair. And so we started out with a, a nice, you know, heavy hors d'oeuvres, and that kind of morphed into a luncheon. And we, last year, um, I think there were 50 attendees, literally. It was oh, almost, wow. it got to the point where it was almost standing room only. So we may end up having to morph it yet again into something mm -hmm. else. But um, as long as our members and friends um, continue to to be so incredibly supportive, we we will keep um, having the event. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that people who are kind of new to conventions may not realize is that there's not just one lunch on a day. At, at tw there's not just one activity. Um, uh, a day, one lunch, one major lunch. There's, in the case of um, Monday at this year's convention, there's three or four lunches that people can pick from, as well as a tour that's leaving the hotel at that same time. So for you to have that kind of attendance as part of the lunch while you've got um, two or three, you have, you have other competition yes. and uh, with tours and other lunches and Aside from that, the exhibit hall is open at the same time. To have that kind of attendance and, and uh, um, you know, uh, attract that number of people from year to year is, is really a, a, good, a good thing. It, it is um, amazing, and we are glad that we've been able to, um, you know, build the momentum and maintain it. Mm -hmm. we, we kept the basic framework, but we always try to... Um, spice it up a little and, and have a little different, something a little bit different each and every year. Um, last year it was trying, you know, having um, a virtual presence because mm -hmm. unfortunately international, uh, the international world blind community, we're disproportionately affected, so we don't often have the resources to be able to travel. Mm -hmm. But the ability for us to, you know, link on via such technology as, say, um, Skype or WhatsApp, or that opens a whole new horizon, a new world for us, and, right. and it gives us information, access to information, access to people um, that we would probably uh, not usually have, and it kind of opens up that dialogue of exchange. Absolutely. Sandra, you mentioned the committee. And the committee meets uh, not just at convention, but your committee meets during the year to plan this event and probably do some other things as well. Yes, Tell yes, us about the committee. So um, we have about nine members. We meet. Uh, we use conference calls, monthly conference calls, um, the first Wednesday at every of every month at 9 p.m. And we we do try. Um, to, to do other kinds of programming type things uh, throughout the year to get our name out there to let all of everybody in ACB land know who we are. One of the things that was kind of an ongoing project was um, we were servicing um, in Tanzania, there's a university, and they were requesting brailers, braille materials. So we've sent about 50 brailers so far. Um, 
the Braille materials, we've sent all kinds. One of the coolest things that we did, we mobilized everything uh, back in Dallas. We took the recycle, recycled um, convention materials and sent them off, which was way cool. Because um, <laughs> you're talking about massive amounts of Braille. Um, you know, the, the more Braille, the merrier. We've been do that's been ongoing, and then we are still in the process of um, looking around and and trying to um, arrive at other projects. One being because of um, the with um, everything going on with the hurricane, making sure that our brothers and sisters and and Puerto Rico or in Barbuda are okay. Basically, any time there is a natural disaster, what we try to do is coordinate with ACB and facilitate um, ACB's response. And unfortunately, there's no shortage of natural disasters. Um, <laughs> <Nope>. between, <laughs> you know, between the natural disasters and the terrorism, um, we, <laughs> the, we don't have any shortage of, of issues to address. So we try. Um, we're a, a small committee, but we and we do have limited resources. But we are able to fortunately stretch um, and make some things happen, and and just try to um, do our little bit to help ACB um, facilitate the the ongoing international dialogue. I want to go back to your. Uh, comment about the Braille materials going uh, to Tanzania, the, the convention materials. Some people listening out there might say, well, you know, what would they want with materials from a convention that's already over? And, uh, you know, there are parts of the world that have virtually almost nothing to read. And um, they... They, they sometimes, I mean, uh, old Braille, whether it's whether it's current magazines or old, old, um, you know, older publications. Uh, sometimes they don't care. They right. they just want to have the opportunity to read, and um, that that kind of brings another uh, another point up, and that is that um, it's it's a very good thing that at this time that the Marrakesh Treaty is now being discussed in the Senate because that can help with um, the availability of Braille materials around the world where um, they've been very difficult to, um, to sometimes make available. It's like it. Um, the Marrakesh Treaty is, is one of those common sense kinds of things. I know. It's been a long time coming. Yes. Um, uh, you know, even if in formal colonial powers, you know, you, you Portuguese to Brazil or, you know, um, English to England to some of our um, or some of the, the colonies that the United Kingdom had. Um, it, it is a very good way to increase McBrail proliferation um, because we have tons and tons and tons of Braille and we to be able to share it um, old new somewhere in between provide literacy right. to folks who are blind around the world 
I, I truly hope that the treaty is, is ratified. I, Given our current climate, I'm not so sure, but um, absolutely. Uh, anything that we can do um, to increase Braille literacy, to increase the proliferation of Braille, because we have no, um, you know, all kinds of different ways of producing Braille, and yet our Braille literacy rate in this country is abysmal. And to me, anything that I can do as part of the committee or in general to put Braille into the hands of people who are blind, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know you are as well because you're yep. a huge proponent proponent of Braille. I use it all the time. Uh-huh. I can't imagine who couldn't use it. You know who wouldn't. So um, yeah, so that that you know, there's a lot of of uh, hope there, and it is um, it's it's very encouraging that the Marrakesh Treaty has gotten further uh, in the last you know few months than it's gotten at any point before in the in the Senate, and of course the Senate is who has to ratify it. Right. So, um, you know, that we can we can all hope that it continues finding its way. Um, it's, it's certainly found its way further in committee than it's ever done before. Right. So. We can hope. We mm-hmm. can keep our fingers crossed, right. pray. We can yep. make sure that, you know, whenever we are needed to kind of um, nudge our senators in the right direction, we're there front center to do that, as I know ACB mm-hmm. will do. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and, and hope for the best. Right. Well, um, we look forward to having um, a, a great IRC Voices from Around the World again this year. And again, that activity, when registration opens on May 15, um, you know, look for it on the registration form on Monday at 12.15. And um, be sure to sign up. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing everyone. And Carla, as always, thank you for allowing me to be um, on Soundprint. Page three. On the phone with me is Jim Wyrick. He is with the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, better known as CCLVI in our alphabet soup, ACB. And Jim is going to be talking with us today about some of the activities that are coming up at the National Convention in July in St. Louis that will be sponsored by CCLVI. So welcome, Jim. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, And by the way, for those of you that don't know Jim, he's from Omaha, Nebraska. And we are looking forward to hearing all about CCLVI activities. So, Jim, why don't you just... um, I guess begin at the beginning. What is the first CCLVI activity coming up at the convention? CCLVI has what we believe to be a uh, a dynamic and diverse program. I'd like to probably start out before I go into the details of the program agenda and, and acknowledge the the committee. Okay. Uh, this year, this year, Leslie. Uh, Spoon uh, has decided in her own infinite wisdom that there should be convention co-chairs. That was, you know, something that I didn't necessarily think was a good idea, but you know what? We made it work. I dealt with it, we rolled with it, made it work. Uh, I, of course, am one of the co-chairs, and ACB board member Sarah Conrad was the other. And so what we did to make that whole concept work was I 
we sat down and emailed back and forth, and we decided that it, so we're not stepping on everybody's toes, that we need to have guidelines and boundaries of who's doing what, who's working with who. Mm-hmm. So it ended up by being where Sarah worked with the committee internally, and I put everything together, and then working with Janet and getting it in the program and, and subsequently doing this interview. So I, I it worked out well. Okay. Uh, as far as the program itself, um, we are going to start out Monday, or Sunday afternoon, rather, one fifteen. Uh, every year we have a low-vision vendor showcase. And what that allows uh, some of the uh, our members to do and those that are interested is to come in and see what is new in the area of technology for those with low vision. We, we sometimes have presenters from the exhibit hall come in, uh, some folks from HIMSS, uh, Freedom Scientific or VFO, whatever they call themselves now, um, you, you come in and talk about, you know, the latest in low vision, you know, gadgets. Mm-hmm. There's other couple of vendors that come in. And then, of course, there is no charge for that event, um, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So, so that's, like I say, Sunday afternoon from 1.15 to, like, 2.45. Okay. Uh, 4 o'clock till 6 o'clock Sunday afternoon, July 1, is our CCLVI scholarship mixer. Okay. And usually that is on, you know, right before the opening ceremony, but because the one of the executive director suite or president suite, whatever it was, was, was being utilized and we had to move it to Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that Sunday from 4 to 6. And, huh. and okay. Fred Scheiger, a uh, member of the organization, CCLEI, has for the past number of years uh, donated $9,000 of his own money to make the scholarship a reality. What we do is we award three scholarships uh, to college students, one that's an entering freshman in college, one that's undergraduate, and one that's a graduate student. So there is a ticket for that. And the price on the registration form would be? Fifteen. Fifteen. And if you wait and, and pick a ticket up when you get to the convention or at the door, it's $20, right? It's an extra five, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Moving down uh, the agenda, we're doing something different this year. Um, usually we have game night, which goes over fairly well. You know, last few years we've done trivia, we've done family feud, we've done match game, we've done, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so this year the committee decided to scrap game night. But in its place, we're going to do something that's been done, uh, not been done for a while. Right. From 8 to 11, we call it um, Sunday Night Boogie, Let's Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having our own, we're having a dance, basically. And Larry Turnbull, uh, ACB Radio, is going to provide the uh, musical entertainment. Right. That's, that is a ticket event. It's the same price as Mixer, 15 mm-hmm. you know, if you do it uh, on prior pre-registration, pre-registration mm-hmm. or if you do it on-site or at the door, we're going to charge an extra five. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, like I say, like the program description says, practice your moves and shake your groove thing mm-hmm. and let's show up and boogie. It'll be fun. There you go. Well, that's, yeah. that's the hope. Yes. There you go. Yes. All right. Uh, so, and, but I, I mean, encourage Larry to, you know, uh, sing a little bit. Just, just in that's case, right. You know. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, we're doing on Monday the 2nd a luncheon. 
Mm-hmm. First time it's been done that I know of in CCLVI is um, many years ago. You know, I think you're right. I don't remember CCLVI ever doing a luncheon. Of course, there could have been some time way back in it, the early days. Um, CCLVI was chartered like around the end of the 1970s. and so. Yeah, but I don't think so. I, I well, one of our members is put Harper, you got to do a lunch because I want a lunch. Well, this year the committee acquiesced. Uh-huh. And we're doing a luncheon and a keynote speaker, mm-hmm. and the title is uh, Challenges and Triumphs, the Young Blind Attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, with, and the attorney that's, the, uh, the individual that's going to be presenting is ACB board member Sarah Conrad. She recently mm-hmm. graduated from law school mm-hmm. uh, and is, you know, now looking for employment in that field, but she will be talking about her issues and challenges going through law school, uh, someone with low vision, and how she overcame the obstacles she overcame. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that will be right around uh, 12.15. It's later to go until 2.30. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also a ticketed event, and it is $35 if you, on the pre-registration, or 38 uh, on site or at the door. Right. Okay. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. And hopefully, you know, Sarah, those people that know Sarah know that she's, you know, good at what she does. And I'm Very sure good. She'll, she'll, do a, she'll do a bang-up job. She with certainly will. Absolutely. Yes, so, yes she will. And Jim, and, the, the, that ahead. is one session that, um, one of the luncheons where uh, the time that the speaker is presenting uh, will be included in our continuing education credit opportunity. Uh, because that, that she will have a lot to say that will be of interest to people who are working in the field. So um, hopefully people will take advantage of that opportunity and attend the lunch. And Tuesday afternoon, we have another uh, continuing education, education credit. Uh, 2.45 to 4 o'clock, we're going to be doing, or to... I believe now five is what we extended it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're jo- uh, doing a joint programming session with AAVL, Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. In lighting independence is what we are calling that. Uh, lighting your way to independence mm-hmm. is what it is. And that is a Danny Wayne presentation. He's going to come in and talk about lighting in the home, what may be good for folks, and he's going to also demonstrate the Lux IQ, which my understanding of that, and probably correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of those devices that that help with lighting in certain situations also in the home. That's my understanding. You know, I'm not familiar with that particular device, but um, I do know... Um, I've known Danny Wayne Beamer for a long time. He graduated from the Kentucky School for the Blind, and I was really pleased to see that he was on the CCLVI program. You talked about our extending the time. We did because people are going to have a chance to to check out this this um, device for themselves, and, and have, he's going to show people individually how to use that. Y'all are going to do that in your suite, right? Right. The, pre- the actual you know, discussion that he has or remarks will be in okay. whatever meeting room we're in. And then everybody, okay. that anyone who is interested will adjourn to the CCLVI suite. suite, and he right. will do a one-on-one demo for 
as long as it takes the people that are there and, right. and want to see it. So, right. And, and I think that kind of thing is just a really good way for um, a, a special interest affiliate like CCLVI to give people a chance to try out new things and really check them out rather than just having someone stand at the front of the room and talk about it and you don't have a chance to get your hands right. on it and see what it does. And sometimes if you do that type of, you know, look, you know, look at the um, uh, technology or piece of equipment in the meeting room, it's crowded, people are trying to get its attention, right. somebody's attention, and, you know, there's, you know so it's, it's more intimate in the suite, and that's why we decided to, to have the demonstration there. So, oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. that is also a ticketed event, $7 on the form, $10 um, on site or at the door. Mm-hmm. So, and well worth and it. Yeah, that's a that's a good deal. It yes, really is. So absolutely. We, we would show up. Okay, we have July third. We're going to. This is this is a, a important uh, if you're a CCLVI member or want to become one and see how we operate is, as far as an organization is concerned. In fact, we're going to encourage attendance. We're not going to charge you for it. It's our business meeting. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where we're going to you know, be electing officers and directors and whoever's, uh, whoever's up for election mm-hmm. and resolutions will be talked about and constitutional amendments and so on and so forth. So that's that's how we're doing Tuesday from 115 to 5. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if anybody wants to run for office, make yourself known, <laughs> get a hold of Leslie. I'm sure she would be glad to put you on the list. Yes. You know, um um, groups, whether it be special interest affiliates or state affiliates or chapters or whatever, are always interested in those people who want to run for office. Sometimes it's hard to get people who want to be in office. It's easy to find people who can sit back and tell you how to do something, but That's it's, exactly right. it's not always yeah, easy that. to find someone who wants to do it. <laughs> That, you know, it is, and you do it sometimes because no one else steps up to the plate and you start doing something you don't enjoy doing, and that's not good for the group either. That's right. That's right. It really isn't. I always told somebody, you know, I stop doing something when something stops being fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there you go. That's yeah. my philosophy. Yes, that's right. So, anyway, you all come to the business meeting, and we'll take your dues, and you, we'll let you to office. I tell, <laughs> I tell people, at least here in Nebraska, I said, probably oh, this is a number of years ago at the state convention. Uh, we have a habit of not starting on time. I think that's true in any organization. <laughs> and and I told everyone in the morning, or Saturday evening before after the banquet, I said, now, tomorrow morning we start at 9. And I said, you have a choice. I said, you can be on time or be elected. That's exactly what I told them. <laughs> and the room was full. <laughs> and would you believe I was late and they were all there? <laughs> well, there you go. So I learned, be on, you know, take my own advice. Yes, yes. July 4th, Wednesday, um, we have two programming sessions. Um, Actually, one programming session session is going to meet in Greek. And this is also another continuing education education credit, I believe, we decided. The travel? Uh, Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Traveling through the ages. This is a what we call Traveling Through the Ages, Part 2. We did it last year. It was so well-received. We're doing it again this year. Um, kind of along those same lines, how, you know, we have a panel lined up. Uh, Kathy Sh- Catherine Schmidt-Whitaker, uh, Richard Retta are going to talk about their travel experiences 
you know, overseas, you know, someone with low vision or no vision, how they, you know, navigated um, mm-hmm. overseas and how they, what research they had to do before they left, you know, given their, you know, visual uh, limitations. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be talked about. Um, so that we encourage everybody to come to that. Uh, that's another, as I said, ticket of the event at $7 in advance or on the form, 10 at the door or on site. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing we have from 4 until 6 is at no cost. It is our CCLVI open house. And that's just basically a time to, you know, socialize and network in the CCLVA suite. Mm-hmm. Come say hi, you know, meet meet the uh, members of the organization. We'll have some snacks, beverages, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, last year, when we ran it from like 2.45 to 7, we decided it was too long, so we're going to, you know, just do a two-hour meet and greet. If it goes up past two hours, big deal. But, you mm-hmm. know, we just... Mm-hmm kind of encourage people to show up and, and uh, say hi and have some free food and booze. Well, and it's, it's a nice end uh, to the week as, as the special interest groups pretty much wind down their activities on Wednesday. Thursday right. is uh, the business meeting, the ACB business meeting, and, um, and then the banquet Thursday night. And um, so that's, that's a nice ending activity for a busy week for a special interest group like CCLVI that does a number of different programs during the right. convention. So, exactly. Uh, Jim, I know, too, that um, CCLVI does uh, some other things. CCLVI has um, a nice publication that they put out two or three times a year. Um, you also have a uh, have the Sam Janinski Awards that make it possible for people to obtain some low vision devices and things. There's a lot more to CCLVI than just what goes on during convention week. And so I think that probably what we would want to do is to encourage people to, whether you can go to all of the activities or not, um, to, if you're in St. Louis, get to know some people within CCLVI, pick an activity and go to it and, and meet people and find out more about what this special interest affiliate is all about and how you can get involved. I know we have a relatively new chapter of of CCLVI here in Kentucky and um, we are we're very pleased with it. We've um, recruited several new members for our state affiliate as a result of it because it gives us an opportunity to focus on an aspect of low vision that that we have not always been identified with here. And right. so it, it even though we've all had visually impaired members of our organizations for years, having uh, having a a presence or a contact with an organization, an ACB special interest affiliate that focuses on that particular aspect of of low vision is just and blindness is just really important and I think um, can be a key to 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 more members for everyone. 
And Charlie, you mentioned some of the things that CCLVI does. It was, you know, the Video Magnifier Award and the, you know, scholarship Fred Shiger does every year for the past number of years. Mm-hmm. One thing that you left out, and maybe it was not not on purpose, but we do monthly calls. Oh, uh, yes. Call with Let's Talk Low Vision. That's right. And is that and the third Tuesday of the month, Jim? The third it... Tuesday of the month at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Bill Takeshita uh, has been doing that, I don't know how many years, I think back in the day. I think it started when Bernice was president, and mm-hmm. it was her idea, and it's been going since. Mm-hmm. And so we would encourage folks to visit cclvi.org, and the schedule is up there. Mm-hmm. Or for some reason, if you don't have access to the Internet, you know folks who don't might have an interest, they can call the um, CCLVI office. And Kathy Casey answers that phone, and she can probably run down the schedule and tell you what the topics are. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, Jim, we really appreciate your being on Soundprints with us this week. We're trying to focus on some of the special interest affiliates and ACB committees and their activities at the convention. We just started that with this week. Um, International Relations Committee is also on this particular program. We'll okay. be we'll be bringing more information to listeners about other special interest groups in the next couple of weeks, two, three, four weeks, so that people can get ready for St. Louis and be and be really prepared to go to those activities and choose from that huge smorgasbord of events and um, be able to to pick and choose what. Well, what they are looking for at the convention. So that's exactly right. Yeah. Again, and thanks for being here and being part of this. Um, we hope that that there will be many, many participants in in those activities. So looking forward Absolutely. to some of those. You bet. Page four: The Sound Prince Calendar. On May one, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will host a support group conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. The phone number is 605-475-6006 and the access code is 294444. On May 3, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its monthly conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is an excellent way to share ideas about how to be involved in local clubs. The phone number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. On May 5, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold a derby party. Doors open at 10 a.m. and the party ends at 8 p.m. Come early, stay late, or come during the day and just have a great time with friends, games, and fun all day long. Lots of food, too. $5 per person at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On May 6, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its monthly committee meetings. The Advocacy Committee meets at 7 p.m., and the Education, Activities, and Technology Committee at 8 p.m. 
Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On May 8th, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its meeting in Owensboro, 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. This will be a social with games, cake and cookies, and beverages. They'll discuss a garage sale, have a social committee meeting. It's all at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information about Savvy or the meeting, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170. Also on May 8th will be Founders Day at the Kentucky School for the Blind. From noon to 2 p.m. in the Ritchie Auditorium, For more information, call the school at 502-897-1583. On May 9, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its monthly meeting at 7 p.m. by conference call. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155619. For more information about NKCB, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On May 9, the KCB PR Membership Committee meets at 8 p.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On May 10, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold an in-person support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On May 11, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its next roundabout, including education and technology with iPhone support, orbit reader training, and more from 3.30 to 5 p.m., a discussion time and tip sheet from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $5 per person, bingo begins at 7 o'clock, $2 per person, and there will also be games and crafts, all at the United Crescent Hill Ministries until 10 p.m. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On May 12, the Greater Louisville Council holds its board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On May 13, KCB Next Generation will have a meeting by conference call at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is their regular monthly meeting for visually impaired people age 40 and under. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. May 18, there will be no GLCB roundabout, but the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will hold their annual Doggy Eye Exam activity from 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. at 107 Finley Avenue. For more information about this event, contact Deb Lewis, GDUKI President, at 502-721-9129. On May 19, the forest in your front yard is from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. A guest naturalist, Rosemary Bowman, 
will help us explore the trees and shrubs of APH's front lawn with all our senses to help us understand their changes through all four seasons and to recognize the animals and insects that live in their bark and branches. For more information, call the APH Museum at 502-899-2213. This is great for adults and children of all ages and is a free event. On May 20, the KSB alumni will hold its next board meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call. The phone number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On May 21 will be the first of several hearings concerning the merger of the Kentucky Office for the Blind and the Kentucky Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. This first hearing will be in Elizabethtown. For more information on time and location, call the Kentucky Office for the Blind at 502-564-4754. Also on May 21, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its monthly board meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On May 22, there will be a public hearing in Thelma, Kentucky, concerning the merger of the Office for the Blind and Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. Again, for time and location information, call 502-564-4754. May 23, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its monthly peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. RSVP and get more information by calling 859 859- Two five nine one eight three four, May twenty four, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its next support group meeting from one thirty to three thirty p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. For more information, call five zero two eight nine five four five nine eight. May twenty five is the next GLCB roundabout, Education and Technology from three thirty to five. Tip sheet five to five thirty. Page Turners and a meeting of the Tri-State Library users from 5.30 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, a KCB Next Generation activity, and games and crafts from 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 for more information. May 26 is a trip to the Louisville Bats baseball game, sponsored by KCB Next Generation. For more details, contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774. On May 28th, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have a membership call at 7 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. May 29th will be a public hearing concerning the merger of the Office for the Blind and Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, this hearing will take place in Owensboro. There will be a public hearing also in Paducah on May 30. For more information on both hearings, contact 502-564-4754. Also on May 30, the Kentucky School for the Blind will have its 2018 graduation at 6.30 p.m., in the Ritchie Auditorium at the Kentucky School for the Blind, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. For more information, call the school at 
897-1583. On May 31 is a public hearing in Bowling Green concerning the merger of the Office for the Blind and Voc Rehab. For more information, call 502-564-4754. Looking ahead to June, public hearings concerning the merger of the Office for the Blind and Vocational Rehabilitation will take place as follows. On June 5th, from 10 a.m. to noon and from 5 to 7 p.m. at the McDowell Center in Louisville. On June 6th, from 10 a.m. to noon and 5 to 7 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council Office in Lexington. On June 7th, in Covington, June 13 in Hazard, and June 14 in Ashland. For more information about the hearings, contact the Office for the Blind at 502-564-4754. And June 29 to July 7 is the 57th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind, coming up in St. Louis, Missouri at the Union Station Hotel. For more information, visit www.acb.org and listen to future sound prints. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.